This is It Could Have Been Worse, a podcast where we tell stories, sometimes inspired by real-life events and sometimes inspired by the things dwelling in our minds. These stories are our attempts to sometimes frighten, but always to entertain. I am your host, Josh. Thank you for joining us at It Could Have Been Worse. Hello, and welcome to episode two of season two of It Could Have Been Worse. Today we have three stories. Our first story is amusing of mine. It doesn't quite go anywhere, but I wanted to get my thoughts out, titled Fear. Our second story is a very personal letter of sorts to my father, titled Dad. Finally, in our last story, another very personal fear of mine is told, titled Loss. The personal stories are told without music in the background in order to keep the emotion intact. I would like to mention some trigger warnings for alcohol use and self-destructive behavior. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and share. We'll have new episodes coming every Monday and be sure to check out our pod page at podpage.com slash it could have been worse. Fear. Not much scares me, surprisingly. I worry a lot, but nothing really makes me pull back and run away. The first time I got on a plane, I worried something would happen. Engine loss, terrorist attack, crash landing. Nothing happened and the worry disappeared from my mind, and I've since flown often. I used to have a fear of the unknown. What's out in the dark? What's out in the oceans? What's out in the stars? Overactive imagination? Maybe, but it consumed me to the point of tears. So I decided I would conquer my fear. I began to read on everything that I feared. What's in the dark? Everything that's there in the daytime. Maybe some nocturnal creatures that were hiding out the day, but they were just trying to live their lives. Nothing malicious in the wilderness, anyway. What's in the ocean? Lots and lots of fish and water. Yeah, a lot of it can kill you. But it's not doing it to be mean. They need to eat, just like everything else. Except orcas. They're just assholes and they kill for fun. What's out in the stars? More stars. So many stars. More stars and there are grains of sand making up the planet we live on. Life forms we aren't aware of but may be aware of us. Are they going to hurt us? Nah. If they wanted to hurt us, they would have done it already. I still have fears though. No matter how much I read and learn, the human mind just can't comprehend everything. The fear of possibilities. The possibility that my mom will get hit by an oncoming vehicle because she insists on driving closer to the center of the lane so she doesn't hit loose gravel on the shoulder. Fear my dad will hit that loose gravel because he drives closer to the shoulder so he can avoid oncoming traffic. Honestly, can you blame me? I fear my wife will get attacked when she's away from me, where I can't be nearby to protect her. Same thing with my kids. Same thing with everyone in my life, if I'm being honest. I feel like I'm the only one who can protect my family, and I know that's irrational, but I have to make sure they're okay, you know? Then there's me, who lives a bit recklessly. I try to stay safe, but I do dumb shit sometimes. I've had food poisoning more times than I've had the flu. I will actively avoid people coughing, but 
How long has this chicken sandwich been out? Eh, fuck it, I'm sure it's fine. That kind of dumb shit. Oh, it's raining heavy? Can't let my parents or wife drive in that, but me? I'll be fine. I'm sure I stress out those around me, but I just don't think of it, you know? I want to go out on my own. Completely on my own and live off the land. I'll make my way into towns and cities and work for cash to buy supplies on occasion, but I want to make my way throughout the world. I'll tame horses if it takes years. I'll make friends with the wolves and find shelter among the stars. And you might ask yourself, why do you want to do this? You have a home now, don't you? Yeah, I have a home and a loving family, but I can't ask them to join me in this quest of mine. Well, what quest is that, you ask? I want to find a dragon. Yeah, I know you think they're fake, but every culture has stories of dragons, so maybe you're fake. If I die out there, then I'll have died doing what makes me happy. I just want to make friends with them and soar through the skies on their scaly backs. Nothing malicious. I want them to be free and wild once more. I would love to explore space. I know it's not a reality in my lifetime, but I hope I can retain this desire into the next life, or however many it takes to finally achieve this goal of mine. The one thing I do worry about myself is I just have a feeling I'm bound to die in water. But I don't fear the water itself. I love the ocean. I want to explore it. I want to sink to the bottom and make friends with the monsters in the deep. I want to see the things that no one has seen. You know that movie, The Abyss? I want that. I want to find these things. I want to gain knowledge of these things. Learn more about this strange world we inhabit. Even if it means my end. Dad. You were once my savior. You picked me up when I was in pain. Helped me learn and grow. I idolized you in our time together. Now when I look back, I can't remember if those memories were happy or just tinted over with nostalgia. One thing is always vivid in those memories, and that's the 12-ounce aluminum can that almost always sat in your hand like a decoration. Like the crown of a king. You almost can't picture seeing them without it, right? But that analogy doesn't quite fit you. As much as it hurts me to say it, to think it, to feel it, you are no king. You are a fool. The fool that succumbed to the drink and nearly lost it all. When you would take some time away from the bottle, or can, in your case, you were the best person in the world. So smart and wise. You gave me a love for art and music and history and technology. You made me want to be like you. You were always so strong and could fix everything you put your mind to. You protected me when mom wasn't doing okay. But mom got better. She quit drinking. I'm still hoping you will too. I remember the first time I realized you drank too much. I was still young, maybe eight or nine. It was a Saturday night and you left to go to a party. 
It was almost midnight and mom and I were worried. We watched a movie on local TV to distract ourselves from the worry. I saw flashing red and blue pull into the driveway and you stumbled into the house. Cuts lined your face and arms and mom embraced you. Two officers who were nice enough to allow you to come home to tell us you were still alive stood behind you. You staggered to me and embraced me slightly and told me not to worry about you. The next day we spent all day bailing you out and we went to find your truck. The truck your dad had helped you buy before he died. Totaled in an arroyo. Your tools scattered everywhere and the first thing you went to look for was an unfinished six-pack of Budweiser. I hated to see that can in your hand. You weren't you when you drank. Your friends were more important when you drank. Like you weren't ready to be a dad and miss the party from your 20s and just wanted to live in that time forever. Your friends would come by and call me derogatory names right in front of you and you would chuckle and never defend me. You would sometimes join in calling me the same names. I spent many nights crying as those words dug deep into my skin and still sit in my mind making me doubt myself and the love from others at times. I started to avoid you and you noticed. I wanted to spend time with you so I would get up early and we could talk and joke and have fun. But then the fridge door opened and you pull out that red and white can and I knew it was time for me to remove myself to my room. You hated that I would sit in my room all day playing video games or watching TV or movies. But it was so I could avoid your bullshit. <laughs> Another time you got drunk and depressed and tried to place a rifle in your mouth. I was 22, visiting for New Year's Day and you started with your anger. Taking it out on me and mom. You almost seem to blame us for your misery, even though we have only ever loved you. Maybe you're a bit more broken than you let on, and that's your cry for help. I stole the rifle from your mouth before you painted the walls and ceilings with your blood and brains, and you yelled at me. You think I could just stand around and watch my father end his life? Tell my two-year-old his grandpa wouldn't be around anymore because I didn't stop him? Fuck no. I took the rifle and unloaded it. I tossed the bullets. Do you remember what your thought was then? You complained that the bullets were expensive. Like I gave a fuck about money in that moment. Then you did the one thing I never expected. You balled up your fist and swung at me. Hard. I stood and took it. I understand anger. I understand depression. I understand hopelessness more than most, believe me. So I stood there while you hit me in the face and chest and didn't retaliate. I let you finish your childish outburst while blood seeped from my mouth, my chest aching from your blows. 
I shouted at you then. Are you done acting like a fucking child? Are you happy now that you've hit your child? We didn't talk until my birthday three months later. Three months that we could have had together. Lost. Because of your drinking. Situations like this don't happen so much anymore. And I'm glad for that. You're too old now to fight with me. But you're still drinking. So much that your brothers, who also drink a lot, think you're drinking too much. Dad, I love you. I made a vow since then. I made a vow since then to never be you. The bad you. The alcoholic. It said, I vow to follow your good aspects. Hardworking and always trying your best to take care of friends and family. I drink, but never to excess. I've never raised a hand in anger to my children. I'm never angry towards anyone when I drink, and I guess I owe that to you. You show me who not to be by example, unfortunately. But I think I'm better for it. For making it this far without becoming an alcoholic myself. I will forever teach the ways you taught me. Love and compassion, hard work and determination to make a better life for those I love. I will follow your good examples as I've learned to avoid the negative ones. This story isn't meant to completely demean my dad. I love him very much, don't get me wrong. I just needed to get this off my chest. I've been able to move past all that I've said. I am nothing if not loving and forgiving. I hold no resentments anymore. We will both move on and be better for it. Loss. I woke up to another beautiful day. The sun is bright and warm and I feel like I got enough sleep. It's a Saturday. No work to do today. Maybe a bit of housework, but I enjoy that. I roll over and see my beautiful wife sleeping peacefully. In the living room, I can hear my children laughing as they watch some unknown show on some streaming service. I smile as I take it all in. This is the life I've always wanted. Happiness envelops me. I close my eyes for a moment to take it all in. When I open them, the room seems to have changed. A deep gray fills the room and the sunshine seems to have faded behind clouds in an instant. A deep gray fills the room and the sunshine seems to have faded behind the clouds in an instant. I can no longer hear the sounds of cheerful laughing in the living room, nor the sounds of the unknown show. I shiver slightly. It's absolutely freezing in here. I decide to roll over to cuddle up to my wife, but she's not there. She must have gotten up to use the restroom. The room seems quite different. Not the same room I was in just a moment ago. As I wake up a bit more, I hear the sounds of the outside world. 
cars and trucks making their way to their destinations, the chatter of people on the street as they walk by. That's strange. I live secluded in the mountains. There shouldn't be this much sound. I look around my room again and the walls are barren. My framed pictures of my wife and kids are nowhere to be seen. Cardboard boxes are stacked near the walls with my name written on them. I feel like I'm in a haze and my vision is a bit blurred. I rub my eyes and call out to my wife and am met with silence. I try my kids' names one at a time and again, silence. My stomach knots up and I begin to panic. My stomach knots up and I begin to panic. I reach for my phone and find my wife's contact and call the number. It rings twice, then goes to voicemail. She actively rejected my call. But why? I tried my oldest daughter and again my call is rejected. I begin to panic even more. Why are they rejecting my calls? I rub my eyes for a long moment, and when I open them again, the realization hits me. It's all gone. It's been two weeks, and I can't get used to it. I had the life I always wanted, the wife and kids and home and pets and cars and the good-paying job, and it all hits me like a truck. I can't breathe. It can't be gone. She can't be gone. My kids can't be gone. They can't be gone. Isn't my biggest fear come to life? I feel like I'm trapped inside a nightmare. I scream. I scream at the top of my lungs. I scream until my voice fades into a whisper. I scream until blood pours down my throat. Nearby my bed, I see bottles of beer, some broken, some toppled over on the floor, and cigarette butts littered everywhere. I remember trying to drink away the pain. I remember smoking an entire pack of cigarettes in a night. In a night. My head pounds like a jackhammer trying to rip my brain through my skull. My eyes burn from the pressure and because I forgot to take my contacts out. Dried blood crusts the bottoms of my feet from the broken glass. I make my way to the bathroom and remember I live in a studio apartment now, so I basically just have to roll out of bed. I look in the mirror and I'm both shocked and not really surprised by what I see. I'm gaunt. My cheeks are sunken and my color is graying and my skin is getting ashy. I splash some water on my face and swish a handful in my mouth and spit out a disgusting mixture of blood and phlegm. My teeth ache like I've been punched in the mouth, but I haven't been in a fight. Maybe drinking excessively and not eating isn't a good idea, huh? My phone rings and I jump a bit, then quickly race to answer it. It was just a telemarketer. I yelled at the poor guy and told him to never call again. I threw my phone on the bed and collapsed on the floor in a heap of self-loathing. I sob a bit and pass out from exhaustion.
I wake up and it's dark. I hear pounding at my door and a man is yelling. My new landlord is yelling because my deposit check bounced and he's threatening to kick me out. I haven't been able to get myself out of the house long enough to go to work and I've trained my bank account on beer and cigarettes. I yell at him to go away and he threatens to call the cops and forcibly remove me. What does it matter anymore? Fucking do it then, I shout back. I sit upright and hold my throbbing head in my hands. I rake my two long fingernails down my face until I feel the trickle of blood kiss my fingers and drip into my lap. How did it come to this? I did everything right, didn't I? The dream replays in my head as I relive that day. The day my life turned upside down and I lost everything I had ever wanted. Everything replays in slow motion. Each word spoken pours out of her mouth like molasses. The dropping filling of my heart and stomach as they twist in my gut and how my mouth begins to water as my body prepares for the oncoming vomit. My eyes blink slowly and burn with tears and I begin shaking almost convulsively. The shouting sounds like it's coming from the other side of a canyon and echoes in my head like a loudspeaker filled with hatred. My kids look at me with pity as I crumple on the floor in a pile of my own excretions of vomit and tears. I'm replaying this in my head and watching it happen like I'm watching some sort of snuff film in a dingy basement. Just waiting for the finale where she kills the main character and ends his suffering. Tears pour from my eyes as it plays out again and again. We're getting closer to the end. The sick anticipation grows and my stomach twists into a knot once more. I'm biting my tongue unconsciously and only now realize it when I taste blood. Please. I whisper to myself. Please don't say it. Then her words cut me. Severing my heart from my body and I can almost see my soul leave my body. Tears burning hot and dropping into my lap. I can't keep hearing this, but I can't stop remembering it. This one moment replays over and over and over and over in my head in slow motion. Her once lovely voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard. I don't love you anymore. Those were our stories for this week. Thank you for listening. Please come back next time for another episode of It Could Have Been Worse.